The following message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. Now, here's Pastor Chris Rollins. Did you see it outside? The sun, the sun is here, man. Woo, man, it's great to have a uh, just a sunny weather on a Sunday morning. Um, you know, I, you know, the reality is, and we, we deal with this all the time, you know, I'm a pastor, I've been doing this for a, a long time, and, uh, you know, people pretend that they're going to melt, and <laughs> they don't come to church when it rains, and, you know, that, that same weather that was on Sunday last week, people stayed home, they probably went to work the next day, but, um, you know, I know how it is, but uh, we do provide uh, a service online for folks, um, but don't let that keep you from coming, you know, to gathering together with the family, the body of Christ, man. We get to see and experience life. Life here, and there's just something uh, just powerful when we gather together. But if you're watching online, welcome. We're glad that you're able to use this uh, service that's available to you. Uh, a lot of great things happening here at Coastal. Uh, man, yesterday, speaking of the weather, finally, uh, after uh, three weeks, we were able to have our outdoor Christmas party uh, in North Charleston. It's normally our, you know, once a month, our Saturday serve, we have a tailgating party uh, where we go and uh, over to North Charleston by the, uh, the little bus depot there, and uh, a lot of hungry homeless and hurting people, and we feed them and give away a lot of food. So we decided to amp up the game, so to speak, for uh, Christmas, and I have a huge Christmas banquet. And man, all you guys, so many of you donated uh, blankets and gloves and hats and corn casserole and green bean casserole and macaroni and cheese and ham and all that stuff, and we had a tree, a Christmas tree, and music, and uh, gave away all of it. All of it fed several hundred people, and uh, it was just a great event. I want to thank all of you uh, for just your generosity and giving that. And I want to kind of issue a challenge to you, too. Hey, we do that regularly here at Coastal. We don't just show up at Thanksgiving and Christmas time and do things like that. It is the first Saturday of every month, and I would encourage you to come. We're, we'll, we'll, see, when everybody else leaves after Christmas, the first Saturday of January, we'll be there. And uh, we'll be serving, uh, you know, the Low Country um, Orphan Relief. We'll be doing uh, Jenkins Orphanage. We'll be doing all those things that we do, the, you know, the nursing home. Uh, we keep doing it. Uh, it's not just a, you know, once in a, a blue moon thing. It's not just over the holidays. And so I want to challenge you to come. Be a part of that. And I, I want to issue another big challenge. I'm just going to say, I want to lay down the gauntlet. If you're a millennial and you talk about, you know, being missional and being, you know, serving the community and making a difference, where are you? Come, serve. This church does it. We put our money where our mouth is, and I want you to. So you, 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 you come back with the challenge, and you show up the first Saturday in January, and let's serve together. Let's make a difference uh, in our community. So a lot of things going on. Chris mentioned several. Um, make sure you t- uh, pay attention to a couple of the uh, inserts that are in your bulletin today. Um, we are um, hosting From Darkness to Light, uh, Stewards of Children uh, training. It's a um, prevention training that teaches adults how to prevent, recognize, and react responsibly, uh, responsibly to child sexual abuse. And uh, if you are a human being, <laughs> um, if you're a volunteer with, with kids or students or children here at this church, uh, if you're a parent, uh, come to this. Uh, it's Tuesday night, January the 15th, 6.30 to 8.30. Um, I, I think it's important. I think we ought to be there. Uh, we're actually picking up the fee. Uh, it's normally a $10 fee per person. Our church is picking that up because we believe in this, and we want to uh, you know, be a part of um, 
prevention and awareness in our community. Also, pay attention to the uh, marriage conference uh, flyer. We'd love for you to be a part of that. A lot of great things happening in the new year. Um, but let's talk about right now, what's happening here and now at our church. Uh, every Sunday leading up to Christmas, we've been singing uh, a favorite Christmas song, Christmas Carol. And um, uh, as we prepare our hearts for Christmas. Now, let's be honest with each other just for a moment. Okay, we don't always fit the description of the people that we just sang about in that song. The people who are coming to worship Jesus, the newborn king. In fact, look at your notes this morning. Uh, the first two lines of this song that we sang, look what it says. Oh, come all ye, what? Faithful, joyful, and triumphant. Now, I want you to underline those three words for me this morning. Faithful, joyful, and triumphant. The truth is, we don't always feel that way, do we? I mean, even at Christmas, sometimes we feel faithless. Sometimes we feel joyless. And many times we don't feel triumphant, we feel defeated. You know, maybe for you, uh, Christmas doesn't bring back the best of memories. Uh, it seems like uh, it's always been a time of stress or conflict, or family strife in your life. And, you know, maybe you came from a broken family, and, you know, Christmas has always been a reminder that everything isn't right in your life. Maybe you used to feel joy at Christmas, and this season used to be very real and alive to you, but now you kind of find yourself going through the motions. And uh, you've lost some of your joy. And, um, and that's why today I want us to discover, or for many of you to rediscover, the faith the joy, and the triumph that we just sang about in that song. You know, the whole purpose of Christmas, the whole purpose of the birth of Jesus is to give you and me an opportunity to receive this new life that Jesus gives to everyone who believes in him. A life of faith, of joy, and victory. So I want us to talk about that today. You know, how does that happen? So if you're taking notes, and we encourage you to do that, there's a little sheet in your bulletin you can pull out, and you can follow along on the screen. Uh, let's look at step number one. Jesus brings new life when I trust him for my salvation. When I trust him for my salvation. Now, this is where it begins. This is where it all starts. Uh, if I want new life, if I want this life we just got finished singing about, of faith and joy and, and triumph and victory, it begins when I trust him for my salvation. Christmas is the celebration of a birthday. You know, the birth of Jesus. Jesus was born so that you, you and I could have a new life. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old is gone, a new life has begun. Now, underline those two words there. New life. New life. Jesus was born so that you and I can be reborn. Okay, let me repeat that. Jesus was born so that you and I, so that we can be reborn. Now here's what I mean when I say reborn. We were all born once physically, obviously. But the problem is, is that when we were born, we were all born into what you might call a broken and sinful world. We're sinners. And that sin separates us from God. You see, God is perfect. God is holy. There is absolutely no fault in him. He is perfect. But when we sin, we, we, we are separated from God. Well, the birth of Jesus, Christmas, it, it potentially means that you and I 
don't have to stay separated from God. We can have a personal relationship with God. Jesus came to take away our sin, to be a savior, the the angels announced, to give us new life, to restore that relationship that was broken from God, that, that relationship that we were meant to have with him from the very beginning. And so Jesus says, you can be reborn spiritually, even though we were all born physically into a sinful world. Now, that new life that Jesus brings, it's a gift. Now, that gift costs you and me absolutely nothing to receive it. But it costs Jesus everything. Because ultimately, Jesus paid for that entire thing, all of it, with his death on the cross. But just like any gift, even a gift you might receive at Christmas, you have to receive it. You have to accept it. Now, how do we open this gift? How do we receive this new life? Look at this next verse, Romans 10, 8, 9, and 10. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord. Now, what, what that means there is, if you will make Jesus the leader of your life, if you will humbly come before him and give him control of your life, okay? So it says, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it's by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. Now, when you believe in your heart that that Jesus was raised from the dead, and you decide to make him the leader of your life, that's how you receive this gift of salvation. That's how you are reborn spiritually, and you receive this new life. Now, there's some of you here today, and some of you watching online, more than anything right now, you need this new life. You need forgiveness. You need a peace that can only be found in Jesus. You need greater purpose in your life now, and you need eternal life with God forever. And so for just a moment right now, I want to talk to those of you that are here, those of you who might be watching online, and Maybe you've never trusted Jesus for your salvation. You know, you're you're actually not sure that you've ever even taken that step to get right with God. Maybe, maybe you just didn't know, you you just didn't understand the need. You know, you kind of thought, well, it's all about just, you know, being a good person. And and you thought, well, I'm just going to be a good person. I'm going to live a good life. I'll be fine. Everything will be okay. And so you've lived your life, you know, doing that, trying to to live a good life, you know, and um, to do good things. But then, inevitably, you find yourself wondering if you've done enough to please God. You know, if you're a good enough person to make God happy, you know, to to sneak your way into heaven. Listen, you've got to understand something today. Salvation is not about what you do, because you can never do enough. You can't. Think about it. There's no way that you and I could ever work our way or earn our way back to perfection, because we've all blown it. And once you've blown it, that can never be undone, because that is the standard, okay? That is the comparison. You know, it's not... 
you know, a comparison between you and me or you and your neighbor, you and the person you're sitting next to this morning. I'm a lot better than they are. You know, I'll, I can make it. You know, it's not, you know, your, your evil coworker or wicked neighbor. Okay? The standard is the comparison is between you, me, and the holiness of God. The perfection of God. And with that as the standard, guess what? We all fall short. And we always will. We sin. And it's that sin that separates us from God. Now some of you right now, you are exhausted. Because you're always trying to, you know, to do enough to earn, earn salvation. You know, you're you're burned out trying to do it all, trying to prove yourself to God, prove yourself to others, even prove yourself to yourself. Typically, you know what we call that in the deep south? Religion. That's all that is. And it it won't save you. It'll only get you cuts in the line to hell. That's it. Now, so far, that all sounds pretty terrible, doesn't it? Pretty depressing. God's holy. I'm not. There's nothing I can do to earn his favor. But I want to tell you something. i got some great good news for you today. The good news is that salvation isn't about what you do. It's about what Jesus has done. About what he's already done. You know, everything that's got to happen for salvation, for your salvation to take place, for mine, has already been done. It's already been paid for by Jesus. It is not about what you do. It's about what Jesus has done. You see, it's impossible to do. Well, it is possible. It's possible to do a lot of good things in this life and still miss out on your entire purpose for life. It is possible to be a good person and still miss out on heaven. Listen, good people do not go to heaven. Forgiven people do. Forgiven people do. Listen, you don't earn your way into a relationship with God. It is a free gift that Jesus is giving. You just have to receive it. You have to accept it. On that very first Christmas, God loved this world so much that he stepped out of heaven. And he came to earth to offer you the first and most important Christmas gift ever given. His one and only son. Jesus. And through him, faith, joy, and victory. And if you're here today, and if you've never received that gift, you've never put your faith in Jesus. You've never put your trust in him as the leader of your life. What are you waiting on? You know, don't don't put that off any longer. You're not guaranteed tomorrow. You're not guaranteed the next breath that you're going to breathe. Make the decision today to accept. In fact, let me say this. Make the decision now, right now, to accept the free gift of salvation that Jesus is offering you. Acts 4.12 says, there is salvation in no one else. 
God has given no other name, no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. In fact, I want to take a minute right now. This is different than what we normally do on Sunday morning, but I want to take a, a minute right now, today, and I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. Those of you who've never made this decision before, or you're not sure that you have, I want everybody right now, just bow your heads with me. Close your eyes, bow your heads. Let this be a time between you and God. And if you are here today, or you are watching this online, and you want to begin this new life that Jesus offers you, I want you to pray this simple prayer that I'm about to pray out loud. Just pray this in your heart. Dear Jesus, I believe. I believe that you are the Son of God. That you came into this broken world that first Christmas to give us faith, joy, and victory. I believe that you died on the cross and that God the Father raised you from the dead. Jesus, today, forgive me of my sin. Past, present, and future. I invite you into my life to be my Savior and to be my Lord. From this day forward, it's in the name of Jesus I pray. Amen. Amen. Listen, isn't it awesome that there might be some people in this room, somebody online, that just stepped into an eternity, an eternity with God forever. Stepped out of an eternity separated from God forever into life, into life. Man, to me, that's, that's amazing. That's exciting. In fact, here's what I want you to do today. If, I want you to grab your Connect card. I want you to grab your Connect card, and on the back of your Connect card that we were talking about early, earlier, it's in your program, Chris uh, Rainey was talking about it. If you prayed that prayer today with me and you decided to become a follower of Jesus today, um, on the back where it says, my decision today, it's the, uh, the third step. It says, in bold, I gave my life to Christ today. I want you to check that box. If you prayed that prayer, I want you to check that box. That today is the most important decision you will ever make. It affects every other decision of your life. And we'd love to know about it. We'd like to celebrate with you. We'd like to help you along in your journey. Now, let's move forward. Let's talk about the next step, the second step. So again, Jesus brings new life when I trust him with my salvation. But what about those of us who've already done that? Or what if, what's our next step? Jesus uh, brings life when, number two, I talk with him about my problems. I talk with him. I talk to him, you know, uh, about my problems. Let me ask you a question. When you have problems, when you face fears and worries and anxieties, when things aren't going right in your life, who do you talk to? Who do you bring that stuff to? Who's the first person that you go to? Now, here's what happens. We become a follower of Jesus, okay? And we're on this high note, man. We're on the mountain, this mountaintop. We think this, and then we think that this new life of faith and joy and triumph that we sang about, that we get from him, it means, man, everything's gonna be great. Everything's gonna go my way now that I've become a follower of Jesus. God's gonna remove all my problems, all the things I struggled with before, all my fears, all my sin. You know, it's all gonna be gone. And then what we find, however, is that our daily life still has struggles, so that's problems. We struggle with sin. 
And then so we find ourselves, you know, in asking, well, where's all that stuff we sang about in O Come, all ye faithful, joyful, triumphant? Listen, here's the truth. We're all going to encounter challenges in life even after you become a follower of Jesus. By the way, a lot of times our lives become harder because we become a follower of Jesus. Now that happens for a couple of reasons. One, most of the time, the path that Jesus asks us to walk down is not the same path that everybody else is walking. And so you're swimming upstream. It's a difficult path. And then, not only that, when you begin obeying Jesus as your Lord and following him, and God begins to use you, you know what? The enemy, your enemy, Satan, he begins to attack you even more. So this idea, you know, that, that life with Christ is going to be easier, that's not true. Sometimes it's more difficult. But here is the good news. When you receive this new life in Jesus, you are no longer alone with your problems. You now have an advocate. You have a helper. You now have the all-powerful God who is working in you and through you and for you, who cares deeply about whatever it is that's going on in your life. A God who is, whose desire is that you would bring those burdens to him, that you would bring your everyday struggles to him. Look at this next passage, 1 Peter 5, 7. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Man, this is what I love so much about our God. Sometimes we have this image about God that he's just distant. You know, he's far off. He really doesn't care, you know, what you're, going, what you're going through, what you're struggling with. He's way up in heaven, you know, he's not really paying attention, he's got too many other things to deal with. Listen, that is not true. Our God is a personal God. He is a loving Father. He cares about you, so much so that he's decided to step into our world at Christmas. He came to earth as Jesus to live among us, to show us how we should live our lives, and then he died on the cross to show us that we could have eternal life, so that we can experience this life. And the same God who did that for you, he wants you to bring your worries, your fears, all your cares to him. No matter how big, no matter how small. You know, sometimes we think, well, you know, these, these worries are too minor for God. He's busy, I'm not going to bother him. And so we don't. Or sometimes we think the problem is just so big that praying really isn't going to make a difference. You know, I'm, I'm just going to ha have to handle this one on my own. Man, that's a huge mistake on either end. Because God cares about you. He cares about your whole life. Nothing is too big for God. And listen, nothing is too small for God either. One of the reasons that Jesus came into our world at Christmas is to say, and the way that he did it, you know, to be born as a baby, as a helpless baby, and to grow up and to grow in this world, is so that he could say, I, I not only understand the big things, the big stuff, but I understand the little things that you're struggling with because I lived it. Look at this next verse, Philippians 4, 6. Don't worry about anything. Now stop right there. How many of you have read that, heard that, and you're thinking, man, that's a lot easier said than done. You know, how in the world am I supposed to do that? How do I stop worrying? How do I stop worrying about how I'm going to pay, my, pay the bills this month? How am I going to stop worrying about my kids? 
How am I going to stop worrying about, about being alone? How am I going to stop worrying about my health? How am I going to stop worrying about my job, about all this? Well, the good news is that verse doesn't stop there, does it? Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. In other words, just what we've been saying. Talk to God about it all. And then he says, tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Pray about everything. Talk to God honestly about everything that you're going through. The good, the bad, the big, the small. In prayer, in this intimate relationship, Jesus will be with you. He will strengthen you. He'll give you wisdom and courage. He'll give you a peace that passes understanding as you go through the storms of life. If you're facing problems right now that feel overwhelming, don't give up. Don't lose hope. Listen, man, you just keep leaning into Jesus. You keep talking to him. You keep doing what is right. You keep trusting the God who created you, who is in control, that he is going to work out those problems for your best and his glory. Now, that leads us to the final step, the third step, to receiving this new life, to experiencing this life and, and joy and, 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 and victory. So again, Jesus brings me new life when I trust him for my salvation. It all starts there. When I talk to him about my problems, you know, the big and the small, and then he brings me this new life when I turn my future over to him. When I turn my future over to him. Not only do I present my, my trouble, my, my present trouble to Jesus, but I turn my tomorrow over to him, my future. I trust Jesus with my tomorrow no matter what it may bring. Now, for a lot of us, you know, one of the most appealing parts of a relationship with Jesus is that God forgives me. He forgives me for all my past mistakes. We come to Jesus, we are weighted down with burden and, and shame and inadequacy and failure and sin. And so, man, we give all that to Jesus. And he takes that burden from us and he sets us free. And we're eager to do that. We are. We're eager to let go of our past. And, but oftentimes, you know what we do? We want to hold on to our future ourselves you know sure god you take yesterday but i'm keeping tomorrow now even though you may have turned over your past to god and you have even trusted him with what you assume will be your you know distant future in heaven your eternity that's way down the road right but your immediate future you know your tomorrow that's a whole other story. That's what we do. You see, it's natural. It's natural to want control. You know, I want to make the decisions. I want to make the plans. But when you trust Christ with your future, when you turn it over to him, your life is no longer your own. It belongs to him. Your future is his. Your family is his. Your finances are his. Your success is his. Your relationships, they're all his. They belong to him. You see, once you become a follower of Jesus, Jesus doesn't want 50% of your life. And man, we, we do that. We're quick to like slice it up like a pizza or a pie. And I'll, I'll give you this little slice or this slice or that slice. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold on to this slice. He doesn't want 75%. He doesn't want 99.9% .9 of your life. He wants it all. 
All of it. Why? Because God loves you and he wants to use you in a powerful way. His plan is actually for your best future. He wants the very best for you and he wants 100% of your life so that he can bless and use 100% of your life. And for some of you here today, it's as though God is waiting and he is wanting to use and bless your life in a huge way and he's got this opportunity. And he wants to give it to you. He's got a door that he wants to open. He wants to bless. But he can't because you're holding on to an area that you won't trust him with. And you say, God, I want you to be my savior. I want you to deal with my past. But you can't have my tomorrow. You can't have my relationships. You can't have my dating life. You can't have my finances. You can't have my job. And as long as you're holding on, he can't fully bless your life. He wants 100% so that he can use and bless 100%. And you, and you can't... Listen, you can trust God. You can. Because listen... He has an amazing plan for your life. So much better and fuller and more adventurous than the one that you're plotting out. He has plans for your life. They're so big and so amazing, you can't even begin to imagine because they are intertwined into eternal consequences. You know, one of the verses that, uh, kind of one of those little Christianese verses that we uh, quote a lot, a lot of people say is their life verse, Jeremiah 20, 20, 29, 11. I love this verse, but I want you to look what it says, okay? For I know the plans I have for you. Now stop there, I want you to underline that phrase, Okay? I know the plans I have for you. God says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for your good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Now again, great verse. And a lot of people use that, they quote that, it's kind of their life verse. But I want you to notice what God doesn't say here. Okay, God doesn't say, hey Chris, I saw the plans you came up with. They look good, go right ahead, thumbs up you know, smiley emoji, you know, go for it. That looks great. God doesn't say, what else does God not say? God doesn't say, hey, Chris, here are the plans that I came up for your life. What do you think? You know, you want to make some edits. You got an eraser. You can change it up. I'm okay with that. I'll be happy with that. God doesn't say any of that. He says, I am your creator. I know the plans I have for you because I made you. I created you specifically for those plans. You, on the other hand, can keep trying to do your own thing, but you are going to end up miserable. You're going to be empty. You're going to end up frustrated. You're going to end up disappointed because you weren't created for those plans. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, because you were created for them. You can keep fighting me. You can keep living this empty life. Or, or, you can trust me. You can trust me with your job. You can trust me with your dating life. You can trust me with your finances. You can trust me with your family. You say, well, you don't understand, God. I just lost my, God, my job. And God says, I know 
the plans I have for you. Well, God, the love of my life just dumped me. God says, I know the plans I have for you. God, we've been trying for years. We just can't get pregnant. God says, I know the plans I have for you. God, I'm so depressed. I just feel like giving up, maybe giving up on life. And God says, I know the plans I have for you. God, I'm so afraid. God, I don't, I don't know what the future holds. And God says, I do. I do. I know the plans I have for you. You can trust me. Let me, let me just be clear. Some of you are missing out on some great things that God wants to, to give you, to do through you, some open doors, some incredible opportunities because, simply because, you can't trust him with 100% of your life. You're still holding back. You can't trust him with your future. What you're doing is you're refusing to let him be Lord. Sure, you can trust him with a few things. You show up at church every, every, now, and then, every now and then, you know? Every once in a while, you put a little something in the offering bucket. You're a pretty good person. You know, you'll do these things, but hear me. You're never going to experience the life that God has for you until you're willing to let him be your Lord. Until you give, it, give him your all. And you start living for him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Christ the Lord. Is he? Is he the Lord of your life? Faithful, joyful, triumphant. You'll never be until he is the Lord of your life. Your problems, your future, turn it all over to him. Bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Father, God, first of all, I just praise your holy name. And I thank you for the people that are in this room today, the people who are watching online, who stepped across that line of faith, who stepped out of death into life. Faithful, joyful, victorious. They made Jesus their Savior and their Lord. And I know all of heaven is rejoicing. And re we rejoice too today, Father. And I just thank you for that. Thank you that we get to be a part of a church that shares the good news of the gospel. That it's not about what we do, but it's about what has been done by Jesus. And so today, we rejoice with those people. And Father... The truth is there's a lot of other people in this room, a lot of other people that are watching. And so many times and so often, we keep 
taking back a bigger piece, a bigger piece, another piece. And we don't trust you. We don't trust you with just our daily stuff, God, the struggles. We don't come to you, the big, the small. So God, I pray that this season, those of us who are believers, we just have a renewed commitment to this relationship of grace that you have bestowed upon us, this loving relationship. And we just come to you every day like that perfect, loving, heavenly Father. and We're your children, and you're just wanting to hear from us. Those, those struggles, those big, small, whatever it is, we just pour our heart out to you, God. And Father, I also pray that not only we trust you now with our, our problems and our stuff, but we give you our tomorrow as well. You know, our future, our, our finances, our families, our relationships, our job, those things that are kind of in the distant future, but it's a part of our lives. So often we keep, again, taking pieces of it back. God, we want you as our Savior and our Lord, that you would be in control. And Father, I pray that as we live that life, it would really truly be one of, of joy and faith and triumph. Let us adore you today as our Father and as our Lord. And it's in the name of Jesus I pray. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Pastor Chris Rollins of Coastal Community Church. For more information about Coastal or to explore what your next step of faith might look like, check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, thanks for listening.